This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. I heard from a young age that, you know, our parents are going to be asked about how they raised us. You know, we're going to be questioned about our actions. And I never want to be the reason why they don't, you know, pass on to, you know, Jannah or something because something that I did, you know, goes back and falls on them. ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا وجعلنا مسلمين لك ومن ذريتنا أمة مسلمة لك وأرنا مناسكنا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم So it's not just that Ibrahim Islam is gifted with progeny, but it's when he makes that dua that's actually uh, really profound. Allah mentions that he makes this dua as he is walking away from the fire and distance from his father and his people. Once he left them and what they worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we gifted him with not just his haq, but Yaqub. Years, years later, it wasn't going to come yet. But not just his son Isaac, but Jacob as well as Haq and Yaqub. It was at that moment that he says, Rabbi Habli min al-Saliheen. Oh my Lord, grant me from the righteous. Now, this is a, a really interesting point with Ibrahim salam, right? The the timeline. So you got this long period where he doesn't experience uh, having that progeny. Then he has Ismail السلام, and then he has to give up Ismail Then 13 years later Ishaq and then he lives long enough to where he gets to see children, grandchildren and dies surrounded by many. And he made that dua رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنَ Grant us from our spouses and our offspring the coolness of our eyes. What makes them the coolness of your eyes, the ulama mention. For the believer, when you see them increase in righteousness, then they become the coolness of your eyes. The It's not just, you know, uh, the parent that becomes obsessive about, you know, seeing their kids uh, get straight A's, get through med school, the coolness of their eyes, you know, uh, a certain wedding or whatever it may be. But, you know, the moment that you see your progeny worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, praying, reading Quran, having a moment of reflection and realization for themselves. And what you start to notice is that with the prophets, this is a much more expansive meaning. Ibrahim Islam is Abu al-Anbiya, he's the father of the prophets. The Prophet wasallam, he said that I am to you like a father, وعلمكم, I teach you. So my relationship to you as my ummah is like a father, I teach you. And subhanAllah, that last proud moment of a father was when he's seeing his ummah in prayer, right? The Prophet ﷺ moves his curtain and like, I'm going to die now. And as Ibrahim said, ما تعبدون من بعدي, what are you people going to worship after me? What are you, and, and they affirm Allah. And then the children of Ishaq, 
Jacob, Allah, and then Jacob talking to his kids, we're gonna worship one God. And the Prophet Sallallahu that proud father moment, right? Where he pulls that curtain to the side and my ummah's in prayer, alhamdulillah, like my children are good. There's something to be taken from this about legacy, imprint. And I wanna take from that, inshallah ta'ala, obviously the, you know, uh, the, the notion of praying for children, righteous children, not just children, but righteous children and progeny. But also this idea of, you know, actually leaving behind an imprint in someone's life that increases in righteousness because of something that you infuse in them and that becoming a sadaqa jariya that goes on after you. And some of the scholars say, SubhanAllah, look at Aisha radiallahu anha, our mother. Aisha radiallahu anha, our mother, right? Technically, biologically, she was childless, but she has all of these children <laughs> that quote her in the ahadith and that come close to the Prophet through her, right? And that imprint that you leave behind, that legacy that you want to leave behind. What does the phrase coolness of my eyes, what cools your eyes? What do you think about, you know, in those last moments of may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us good lives and righteous endings. What do you think about when you think about the coolness of your eyes? I think there's a science behind the type of tears that you have. Like there's a warmth when you're really upset. There is a coolness when you're happy mm -hmm. and I think that there is, you know, there's an interest, it's an interesting play on, on the effect of our tears, um, as well as, you know, just like emotion in general. Um, normally when your body is hot, it's, it, there's a, there's some kind of anger or frustration, right. but when it's, when it's cool, there's calm and ser serenity. Right. So, um, I mean, for me, that's, I find the coolness of the eyes means peace. And that's what I would grasp out of that. SubhanAllah, beautiful. And you know, SubhanAllah, the, the coolness of the eyes, the Prophet Sallallahu said that his ultimate qurratu ayn, his ultimate coolness of his eyes was in salah, like prayer. As much as I love my family and things of this world, sweet scents, the way that people like sweet scents and perfume and whatever it may be, just, he said, my qurratu ayn, like my, the coolness of my eyes is in my salah in prayer like that's where my true joy and comfort uh, comes from but undoubtedly Rasulullah looking at Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Fatima radiallahu anha and Zayd radiallahu anhu I mean that's the coolness of his eyes Al-Hassan wal Hussein, right the, you know may Allah be pleased with them like that's the coolness of his eyes right looking at them like wow what what beauty here when he picks up Al-Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu he's on the minbar giving khutbah and he mm -hmm. picks up Al-Hassan radiallahu anhu you know, Hassan's tripping over his garment <laughs> to get to him. Uh, his cute little kids, right? And he holds him up and he says, this son of mine is a Sayyid. He's a leader. One day Allah is going to bring together two massive parties amongst the Muslims, two massive groups amongst the Muslims that are fighting. Allah will bring them together through this, this Sayyid of mine, right? It's interesting, subhanAllah, these visions that Allah gave to them. You know, Umar al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, uh, he saw a dream of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, his grandson, who he never lived to see. But he wakes up smiling. He says, who is this man al-fatah Who's this young man for my offspring that's gonna fill the earth with justice after it's been filled with injustice? Like who's gonna carry this legacy and carry it well? So 
SubhanAllah, if you realize that the connotation of coolness of their eyes is really about that which is pleasing to the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and leaving things on this earth that please the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Like that's, that's what you constantly see here. And, you know, whether it's children or elsewhere. elsewhere. Something for me that like I always get emotional about and that I love about Islam is that stress on family and legacy and to think that, you know, the decisions that you make can, you know, can affect the ones that come after you. And, you know, I don't have children yet, inshallah, you know, may Allah grant us that blessing Mm -hmm. one day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just making, just thinking about, you know, who this future children child could become, um, that maybe my du'a for them, or my du'a for their children, and you know whoever they marry, you know, can you know affect them in a positive way. And to think that you know maybe I would never um, live long enough to see who that grandchild is, or you know the great great grandchild, but to think that. Um, the du'as that we make can, you know, ultimately affect um, how they become. And from we know from the story of Maryam's mother that the du'a that she made for them was, you know, I'm going to give my child, you know, to you for service for their life. And reflecting on that as a child, you know, with parents, it's, I heard from a young age that, you know, our parents are going to be asked about how they raised us. You know, we're going to be questioned about our actions. And I never want to be the reason why they don't, you know, pass on to, you know, Jannah or something because something that I did, you know, goes back and falls on them. May Allah make you the source of the coolness of their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's a different perspective. I want to be the coolness of my parents' eyes, mm-hmm. you know. This idea that we're the answer to a du'a, you know, it could be a parent's prayer or a grandparent's prayer that we talked about earlier that Allah molds your entire life in accordance with that person's prayer. That the du'a of that righteous mom, how many people do we find in history? The du'a of the mom, right? And you want to please them and get that du'a from them and have those righteous du'as. And subhanAllah, it's not just, it's not even just connected to the immediate succession here. Right? Ibrahim made dua. Like somewhere in my offspring, O oh Allah, send this, send this person who's going to teach them the book and its wisdom. Send this person from my offspring. The Prophet Muhammad from his offspring, thousands of years later. Right? He's the answer. The Prophet said, Ana da'wa to Abi Ibrahim. That's how he introduced himself. I am the dua of my father Abraham. That's his introduction to the world. How do you how do you introduce yourself? Who are you? And a da'wah to Abi Ibrahim. I'm the du'a of my father Ibrahim. That's his first way to introduce himself. I mean, it's beautiful, it's profound. Someone once shook me, subhanAllah, they were sharing, you know, uh, and it was recently, and I, and I can't remember who said this first, but it shook me. It said, you know, here in this land in North America, what persecuted, enslaved Muslim made dua for Malcolm X. For Allah to say, like who, who was he the answer to? You know, was there a, a woman at the bottom of a ship that was, or, or someone that was being tortured and oppressed and their religion taken away from them with everything else that said, oh Allah, 
you know, plant the seeds of this deen in this place where it's being taken away from us. Because there's a disconnect, right, between those that were brought in chains long years before this revival of Islam, right? Which which comes through multiple people, not just Malcolm, certainly, but like, whose dua was he an answer to? You know, and Allah knows, only Allah knows, but it's a, it's a powerful thought, right? It could have just yeah. been some some person, you know, that was just, subhanAllah, in the midst of that torture, trying to hide the Qur'an and still practice the religion that said, oh Allah, you know, revive it here. And we get that that glorious history. So it's that's the coolness of the eyes. Yeah. SubhanAllah, the coolness of the eyes, right? And the people that have passed, they get the they get the the, the news of those that are still here. You know, subhanAllah, you never know what your dua could plant. Your dua in and of itself could plant in terms of righteousness and succession on this earth. SubhanAllah. Imagine Ibrahim when he saw Ismail and he's about to sacrifice him and he says, yeah, Oh my father, do as you've been commanded. You'll find me to be from the patient. Like what a, what a moment of emotion, right? Like look how righteous this boy is and I'm being commanded to take him, to sacrifice him. SubhanAllah, like he's giving the answer of Salam, right? Uh, Islam, peace and submission to his father. And he has to take him and Allah blesses him to where he's not taken. But that's, I, I can't imagine what was in the heart of our father Ibrahim in those moments, right? Like, wow, what a <laughs> what a beautiful boy this is, you know, that he responds this way. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he spares him in those moments. I want to add one more layer to this, which is especially for those parents that have lost children. Because that's, that's the most painful, arguably the most painful trial that a person could go through. Right, and actually losing their child. And subhanAllah, I think it's important to remind them that there's no greater coolness to your eyes than when you see your child on the day of judgment, extending their hand ready to take you into the gates of Jannah. So just because they're not the coolness of your eyes in this life does not mean that they're not the coolness of your eyes in the next life. I think it's important, you know, there was a very powerful mother who had lost her, her daughter uh, to cancer. May Allah have mercy on her and grant them thabats, firmness as parents. And she said, you know, you have these dreams and she, she died of a very specific type of cancer, stomach cancer. She said, you know, people have these dreams of raising their kids to graduate and walk across the stage and walk them down the aisle. But Allah blessed me to have a shahida, you know, a martyr for my children. She has to keep reminding herself of that. So subhanAllah, the coolness of our eyes can come in multiple forms. But the point of it at the end of the day is, what is pleasing to the sight of Allah becomes pleasing to my eye as well. And that was the station that our father Ibrahim Islam achieved. If anyone else has, I don't want to close it because it's a powerful subject. But Can I ask a question? Please go ahead. So when we're talking about children and you know having children, um, I think about um, the mothers and, you know, just parents are the couples in general that have trouble conceiving or infertility is not talked about a lot. A lot of times people just expect you to have a child, you know, that you're able to do that. And, you know, thinking that, you know, you know, your child one day could reach, like you said, you know, reach out for your hand um, on the day of judgment, you know, for people that are not able to, you know, Conceive what is what you what would you say to them? What I would say to them, subhanAllah, is of the four perfect women 
that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. Khadija, Fatima, Asiya, and Maryam. Everyone has a path back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that regard. And it's risk at the end of the day. And just like when poverty is inflicted on a person, it's not a form of deprivation. It's a it's a pathway to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's the niyyah, there's the intention, and then there's also the impact, the effect, and all that is brought out of that. That a person leaves behind Aisha radiallahu anha being the primary example of that, right? And so legacy is not restricted to lineage. Motherhood is obviously praised in Islam. It's, it has a high position, but it's not the only pathway to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That doesn't mean you diminish the rank of motherhood. That means that you increase the rank of the believer no matter what their circumstance is, that they have this way back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter what. So Sister Sara, having hope is one thing, but sometimes we only have hope. How do we actually take our hopes to the next level, especially as it pertains to our children? Mm-hmm. You know, we always, uh, dua is actually a very active way of, of uh, showing, you know, our hope in our in our children. But we can even take that dua into an actionable level. And I think as parents, one of the most beautiful things that we can do is to pray uh, for our children. But I think we also need to question, what do we bring to the table for them? So a lot of times we make dua for our children to be the coolness of our eyes, to be a source of comfort for us. And I mean, for all of us, inshallah. But also asking ourselves, what am I doing to be a source of comfort and coolness to my child as well? And to my parents as well, in order to model that for my children. I know um, my dad, may uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect him, the way that he dealt with his mom made me want to deal with him in that way, mashallah, that he was so good to his mother and prioritizing her. That modeling made me want to do that for, for him as well. And um, and I think that that's something so beautiful. And then in my own life with my kids thinking, you know, I want them to be a comfort to me, but am I a comfort to them? Can I work on being more of a source of comfort to them? And one of the things that we find in, in research and in just in the field of psychology is that a lot of times our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emulates our connection with our parents. And so when we can try to develop this sense of uh, comfort and security and tranquility in our relationship with our children, that inshallah is going to help them to develop that stability and comfort in their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the things that we see in the example of Ismail alayhi salam is when his father Ibrahim alayhi salam comes to him and says, you know, I've had this dream that, you know, I have to sacrifice you. And Ismail responds in such an incredible way where he says, well, inshallah, you're going to find me from amongst the patient, right? Go ahead. And that to me is so profound, number one, because it shows the trust between Ismail and Ibrahim, their relationship. But the other thing is it shows the separate relationship Ismail has with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's something I think so important for us as parents is don't allow ourselves to be intermediaries between our children and Allah. Allow them to have a separate relationship with uh, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's something that can be very powerful in allowing them to have that sense of comfort um, and serenity and allow them allow our hopes to now become something even more for them, inshallah. If you're benefiting from this content, then please make sure to click subscribe and make sure that you turn on your notifications.